sacred rituals, and a cosmic community to enchant your mystical life. This podcast feels like soulful conversations by the fire and under the desert stars, as if you are hanging with your best friends, talking about purpose, the cosmos, and the divine journey we are all on. My name is Anna Alic, and this is the Topanga Moon Podcast. to the Topanga Moon podcast. So excited about this episode. Um, full disclosure, I might have had a couple of glasses of wine, but hey, I think <laughs> if you're listening to this, you should probably go grab a drink that you enjoy and join me on this. And we do have a couple glasses during this episode. It's all good though. Um, yes, I am so excited to be releasing this episode. It is with my friends, Matt and Omar. I first met Omar when we were both working at the Drake together and just instantly bonded. We actually, well, you're, you'll hear the whole story, but, um, yeah, we, we connected on all things cosmic and the rest was history. And then I met his amazing boyfriend, Matt, who was just so loving and open and, just their whole, their relationship really inspired me and I'm so excited to have them on here. They are digital content creators, photographers, community cultivators, just true inspirations for me. And when you hear their story, I think they will be for you as well. Um, I really want to do this episode with them on something that I believe that they are just so effortless with and are so good at creating in their lives and it's about building community in an authentic way and spreading love through uh, the examples of divine partnership and what I love about their union and their story is that by them to coming together in a really cosmic way they're able to elevate and transcend and really just help each other reach new levels and it's a beautiful example of manifestation through partnership and how you can find your people and find your community and not only be an inspiration for others but be inspired by others and kind of all you know help each other out and um truly just do do life within the community and I think that's like the greatest message here so I'm so excited for you to hear their episode I'm I'm really happy about it and yeah so um I'm gonna keep this short because we get into so many fun things that I want you to hear so thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast did you just say doggy CBD oh my gosh at least this one yeah yeah, I mean, so Evie just wants to be part of the podcast. Hi, Evie. Yeah. Evie's excited about life because Evie, Evie loves... Yeah. Evie loves her dads. Yes, exactly. Um, hello, welcome to the Topanga Moon Podcast. I'm here with my beautiful friends. Omar and Matt. Matt and Omar. Hello. Oh, I love you guys so much. <laughs> hello. 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 I'm so excited today. We're going to be talking about um, just so many things. I really feel like, and especially walking into your gorgeous apartment, which feels like yeah. Joshua Tree, um, which is so fitting because Topanga Moon is all based around, you know, as if we're all hanging out in Joshua Tree around the campfire, mm -hmm. talking about life, the cosmos, love, drinking, mm -hmm. you know, everything. And you guys went to Joshua Tree, so mm -hmm. you know, you know the vibes. That's 
where I found the, <laughs> where I found the inspiration for this place. Yes, That's and you can tell, like, there's Joshua Tree, like, coming out of everywhere, and I love it. Textiles, our vibrations. The vibrations. Our yeah. Um, and there's this beautiful rug. Yes. That's what the main inspiration for our, yeah. for the place was. Yeah, it was, yeah. That's it's, like, somewhat Aztec print, like, mm-hmm. really rustic, and that's where the inspiration for the entire apartment came came from yeah amazing i'm so excited to have you guys here um so you guys are uh digital creators um you know community cultivators photographer artists in your own right just like i mean you do it all and today we're going to be talking about building community and spreading a message of love because you guys are my like couple goals oh. <laughs> I love you so much <laughs> you're like I know yeah. Right, sometimes. yeah just sometimes yes um but in but before we get into all of that I do want to I mean I just want to dive in and talk about your cultural upbringings and kind of what brought you to this place right now um what brought you to Toronto you know everything that you kind of went through oh, to I mean we're here we're yeah, here for the story we're gonna I mean I and it's amazing because like I mean Matt you're a Virgo Omar you're a Gemini you come from two different places in the world somehow you cosmically met we're gonna get into that story mm-hmm. it's gonna be my favorite story I don't know the story okay. so we're gonna get into it okay, but cool. I do want um <laughs> I want you guys to tell me about um, your upbringing, what brought you here, kind of like the evolution of um, getting to this place now of, of really like owning your authenticity um, and what kind of led to this magical union of getting to Toronto. So um, Omar, let's start okay. with you. Um, I grew up in a really very traditional Muslim family okay. in the UK and I knew when I was growing up that I did not belong where I was living. Mm-hmm. And maybe I didn't know that I didn't belong with the people I was living with, but I just knew that I was supposed to get out and do different things. So I went to uni and after I graduated, I moved to Australia and then traveled around Australia. And then I lived in Asia for a while and traveled Asia for a bit. And then after that whole trip was over, I thought I could like go back to the UK and like be an you know, quote unquote adult. And then I couldn't, I like met a guy who broke my heart and Mm. made me feel worse than I ever felt in my entire life. Mm. Cause I came back from this amazing trip and I thought I like knew the world and Mm. I thought I knew how I just thought I'd like opened myself up spiritually and yeah. I like got into tarot. I lived with a pagan witch when I was living in Byron wait, Bay. Wait a minute. It was the best wait a minute. Time of my life. You lived with a pagan yeah, witch. Yeah, I did I not know this story. <laughs> okay, we're sharing. We're going into it. Um, wow, so Australia was like a huge pivotal moment for you yeah, and really, really like was. affected you. Okay, yeah. tell us about this pagan witch. Okay, so <laughs> I was living in, I was traveling up the coast with a few friends from uni. Sorry for listening. And I um, realized when we got to Byron Bay that I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I didn't want my journey to be revolved around them and what they wanted to do because mm. they were, I wanted to do specific things and it was causing too many arguments. And I was like, let me just like cut ties. You go and do the things that you all want to do together. And I can, I'm happy to be by myself. And it was the first time I ever traveled by myself alone in the middle of nowhere and I was in Byron Bay and then I contacted a friend after a day of being there and I was like I have no idea what I'm doing I have no friends here and um she put me in touch with her mum's like childhood friend Jacqueline Wills and she (laughs) took me in she told me to get the bus to her to her place that she worked the information center of um Brunswick Heights it was called like it's like an hour up from Byron Bay and then I met her there and then we drove up into the mountains it was like an hour up into the mountains I had no cell reception and I was there for like two weeks wow and then that's when I first ever had my tarot read when someone first ever spoke to me about my guides (gasps) and it was beautiful it was so beautiful okay so what did Um, she say like what what was your reading was there anything that you remember my whole thing was supposed to be my whole like all the questions I was asking was 
where am I supposed to live? Like, what am I supposed to be doing with my life? Where am I supposed to be? Because at the time I was lost. Uh And I was very, um, I was happy with being lost because I was like, I'm on a journey. Where is it going to go? Who knows? I've ended up in this place and it can go anywhere from here. And she told me on my last night that I was made, she said to me that I was made for different lands, lands I had never seen before. Uh And so I took that and I ran with it. So the next day I booked a flight to Bali, which is where I ended up living for a while. And For how long? I was in Bali for two months and then I was traveling Asia from there. And yeah, and then I traveled Asia, met so many amazing people, went back to Australia and met so many more amazing people and then went back to the UK and then met this absolute piece of garbage human being who mm. like ruined all of that goodness. And then it took me a while to get back to it. And then I was in the UK living like, living the the UK life that everyone lives and driving to work and yeah. working nine to five and punching in numbers. And mm. I quit one day because I woke up and I was like, I, was, I had plans to move to Berlin. So I woke up one morning and I just had the idea in my mind and I was like, today's going to be my last day at work. And it was my last day at work. And then I booked a flight and moved to Berlin. You moved to Berlin on a whim. Yeah. I didn't know anyone. <laughs> Okay, so that's so interesting to me. So it sounds like this this guy that you met was a test from the universe. Yeah. That contrasted everything that you went through up until that point. You had to go through that experience. And then um, something did something spark in you? Like, why Berlin? Like, why the idea of when Berlin? When I was living in Australia and even traveling Asia, I met so many German people. And okay. it was just always like a fun thing that I thought I could do. And it seemed like an also quite an international city. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that was it. I had nothing else to go on. I had no job prepared. And then I just moved. I packed all my shit into one suitcase. <laughs> and then I moved to Berlin. I actually, at this time, I had applied for a master's degree in Manchester, where I was, which is where I'm from, Yeah. at the time. Because I was like, maybe I'll do a master's because I'm not ready to, like, mm. adult just right now. Yeah. And then I was living in Berlin over the summer and then I got accepted onto that degree and then whilst living in Berlin I was like that's not what I want to do anymore mm. so I ended up staying there for two years in Berlin. wow that's amazing yeah so that's your story and I know you guys met in Berlin yes so that's a little bit about your cultural upbringing now I'm gonna go to you <laughs> because I feel like this story is gonna intersect with yes. this beautiful love story which I'm so excited to hear that story only gets exciting when I met yeah. Okay, okay. But I want to hear about your... So your I mean... Yeah. <laughs> so good. Um, but you have this beautiful, charming southern upbringing, yes? Charm is a word. Charming? Charming okay. is an adjective. Charming is an adjective. <laughs> okay, but I want to hear about yes. what, what your, yeah, your life. Yeah, so I grew up in North Carolina. Um, Catawba, North Carolina, if you want to know the exact wording okay. 609 population very small um did you say 609 609 people that's, that's like a cow or two so 612 <laughs> yeah like 609 people yeah so, it's so small tight tiny town it's close to charlotte so it's like the biggest biggest city is like an hour from there mm-hmm. um i grew up yeah very small town it's just it's kind of like a traditional like southern boy small town you know mm. little gay growing up and that tiny town um i went to church every day until i was 18 years old wow. so i was like and i watched like republican news i watched fox news every single day i would run home from school to watch the 5 p.m glenn beck showing Stop. fox news oh who is the most trash vile white supremacist oh bullshit now but i was into it i, I drank the kool-aid i was wow. so into it um, but in in that time, was there something you know? Obviously, like yes, obviously different. About everything, everything yeah. like was just trying to appease this cultural upbringing yeah. that you were. It was almost forced upon you. You know what I mean? That's all you knew. Yeah. But like you know, it's like it's that intuition, it's that feeling, it's like it's your soul calling to you all the time that there's more. Yeah, for but, you. but I didn't really know anything. I knew something was calling out to me. I knew something yeah. was happening on the other side of where I was. Um, but there was nobody around me. There was no gay people around me. There was no yeah. black people. There were no Muslims. It was all white, straight people. So I didn't really have anything to like base wow. my perspective on except for what I saw in front of my face. Um, and it wasn't until like 18 years old when I came up to my parents that I kind of, you know, 
started to accept and like back up a little bit. I kind of started watching YouTube and I don't know when Instagram came out, but like going on Instagram and I started following these gay YouTubers and these, uh, these people in the community mm. um, when I was like 16, 15, 16. And I kind of started seeing that that life was possible and I didn't mm. have that perspective until I went online because I couldn't mm. see it in my immediate physical realm. Yeah. So I went on there and that's kind of what gave me the courage to come out whenever I was 18. So kind of like, it was like a two, three, I mean, I knew I was gay since I was like five. Whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah it's just, like, it, it was you there. Know. You know. But I didn't have the courage until, like, kind of later, like, yeah. senior year of high school to do that. And then I went off to university from there. And that was kind of, like, I knew I was going off to university. So I was, like, I have to come out to my parents. Um, didn't go well. Didn't talk to me for a while. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of neutral about it. But then I went, to, I went off to university. And I was, like, I need to get out. I need to do something. And the university was, like, two hours away. So it wasn't even, like, <laughs> I didn't really get out that far. Yeah, and I went to yeah. another, like, kind of little bit of a bigger town. Not really as yeah. big. Um, went to university. That's that. There's nothing yeah. really there. Um, I kind of connected with the, like the LGBTQ kind of uh, group on campus. Kind of like expanded yeah. my ideas. You know, made friends on the whole university thing. And then I moved f- straight from university. I love traveling. I like had my first country. So I joined this organization and in university. Um, it was kind of like a travel, like connecting people with internships and like volunteerships. Um, and I went to Ukraine as my first country outside Whoa. of the U.S. Yeah, Whoa. when I was uh, 18, like freshman year of university, the first summer of university, I decided I want to go volunteer somewhere. So I went on this database that they had, um, and I was like scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Where is my cursor going to land? And it landed on this internship, this volunteership in Ukraine, in Kiev. So I booked a ticket I told mom and dad I'm going to Kiev this is before all the shit went down this is when it was like kind of, kind of fine yeah, like, yeah 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 it was still Kiev but like whatever yeah yeah um, and then I helped my parents book my tickets and I went wow. there I taught English for two months and um, then that was kind of my first like experience outside, outside the country kind mm-hmm. of like experiencing that there is more than just like North Carolina because outside of that I hadn't really mm-hmm. gone outside of North Carolina I was still like in that southern kind of realm And then um, right after university, I decided to move to Germany for an internship through that same organization. Okay, so so what brought you to Germany? Because that's where your your love story intersects. And both of you, it's like had this like inspiration to just like, we need to go to Germany, you know? Isn't that so strange? So strange. But that was another thing. Like I was, so I studied international relations in college. So I knew like, and non-profit management, like social media and all that. So I kind of had these connections here, but I kind of, I knew that I wanted to leave. I wanted to go travel. I wanted to go stay, like immerse myself in another culture for like a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was on that same website from the Ukraine one. And I was like scrolling, scrolling, looking for internships because I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I was like international relations. Can I be a diplomat? No. Do I want to be a teacher? No. I have nothing in front of me. So I took this data analytics internship with DHL in Frankfurt, Germany. It's Whoa. the first one that accepted me, and I was like, done. Got it. I'm going there. So I packed my bags, moved to Germany, didn't know a soul, didn't know anyone. Same thing, just like didn't know anyone. Um, and then it, it was an office job. So it was my first nine to five office job, which mm-hmm. um, sitting behind a desk doing data analytics, which sounds very appealing to me at this time I'm really into that um so I did that for like six months it was like a year-long internship I did it for six months I in that six months I was kind of freelance writing I was like kind of doing things on the side um I was starting up Instagram kind of like going into this whole blog sphere and then I decided six months into it I wanted to quit I wanted to not do it ever again I put in my like two weeks notice and then I was like what am I going to do for the rest of my visa in Germany gonna stay in Frankfurt no who stays in Frankfurt like Mm -hmm. Yeah. City. yeah. Um, so I was like, I'm going to go to Berlin and just took a train over to Berlin. And um, then it was like, like six months till we, I moved there in January of 2017. And then six months after that, we um, met. Okay. So how did you cosmically meet? Because I really do believe that it's like both of your souls were looking for each other. I had just broken up with my boyfriend at the time okay. so we could start off with that but then I I was look I was kind of in the looking stages of like trying to like you know go out there and then you know, you're better at the story <laughs> I so I moved, I moved to Berlin and I found great friends at the time I thought they were really really great friends and we partied a lot and 
that's what the Berlin scene became. And I was just partying a lot and going to my, like, really crappy job that I, like, despised. And I worked there for a year and a half. And I will, hand to heart, tell you to this day, <laughs> I've had many jobs in my life. Yeah. That is the worst job I have ever had in my existence because it was the most boring, mundane, not creatively challenging place to work I've mm-hmm. ever been. And so... I lived there for a year before I met Matt, but in that year I was like going out and partying and like just, I don't know, being stupid and trying to forget this person that I like Mm -hmm. met in the UK who like kind of messed me up internally a little bit. And I got to this point a year later. So now we're in the summer of 2017 where I start feeling great about myself again. Mm. I stopped partying and started taking care of my health and my fitness and like nutrition and I started to put myself, like, out there. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, I feel great. I'm just going to get on this grinder and see who's out there and just, yeah. like, see what happens. And Pride, Berlin Pride, was the weekend before we met. And, oh, Pride had just happened. And, like, two days later, mm-hmm. he messages me on Grinder. And it's Game of Thrones season, so of course I'm only watching Game of Thrones. And we have a conversation, we have a full conversation on the app about Game of Thrones for about a week. And then I decide on the Saturday morning, a day that I never go to the gym because I don't like how many people go to the gym on Saturday, I decided to go to the gym. I don't know why, I never go to the gym on a weekend. It's just not something I do. Okay. And the bench press next to me, who is it? It's... It's young Mr. Benfield over here. But Matthew is so cripplingly shy and I'm so outrageously outgoing. He won't look at me and I won't stop making eye contact, trying to make eye contact with him. And this is the way you, but you knew that you said you've been talking to each other. Like, Virgo was in full control. Yes. Like, she was not. She was not going to talk to him. No, no, no. no. Was, My rising sign was is Aries, and like that was not. She was not active back then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so we were in the gym for about half an hour, like yeah. together around each other's space, each other. around each other's space, and I kept trying to make eye contact with him because I'm the kind of person who likes to speak to someone in person, and I don't like. To me, dating apps are great to introduce you to people, mm-hmm. but. To me, if you meet them and there's no spark and there's no connection or there's no traction, then it's then it's. For me, it was not going to happen. But like I, I, I saw him and I was like, "You are very good looking. Yes. You're a very good looking young gentleman." <laughs> yes. And I was like, "Look at me too." Yes. And he wasn't looking at me. And then he went to the other room, messaged me on Grinder. <gasps> oh, stop! Listen to me. We were on the rowing machines. Up like adjacent from each other. It's my favorite story. And he wouldn't look at me and he went into the other room, messaged me on Grinder and said, Are you in the gym? And I refused Holy to him. message him back on the, I refused to message him back on the app because I was like, as soon as he gets out of that room, I'm gonna ambush him. And sure enough he left that room, went to leave, like went yeah. to leave to go to the changing rooms to leave. And then I I got ambushed. I like I kind of like left the equipment that I was on, kind of fell a little bit and stumbled. And then I was like, hello, abrasive as I am. <laughs> and I was like, hello, it is me. It's me. Hi. And then demanded he speak to me. And he was like dumbfounded. Like, oh, oh my gosh. I didn't know. And then we spoke like for a brief minute. We were both disgusting, by the way, because we're <laughs> in the gym. And yeah. uh, spoke for a, a couple minutes and then agreed to meet up on like two days later oh my gosh I love that because it's kind of like you know part of you was needed to meet part of you you know the the whole like opposites attract and um you took that opportunity and then you did it in your own way and it's just like (laughs) isn't that so funny that's so funny actually I would have talked to you on the app for like a good month after that and like waited for something to happen yeah I would probably never have if you had left the room and I hadn't seen you I probably wouldn't have spoken to him again because for me like that personal connection mm-hmm. face-to-face was so important and so he Thank was like you for doing yeah that. he was yeah. going to leave the room and I was like uh-uh I'm not letting this one pass by yes um oh my god that's such a Gemini thing. I know it really is right yeah. so I mean yeah and then I and then so then cut two days later so that was a Saturday that I saw him in the gym and then on Monday we I have a full plan I'm like 
I like doing like fun things. So I was like, there's a bottomless wine bar on a weekday that we can go to <laughs> on a Monday night in Berlin. You play, you pay two euro for a glass and then you pay like how much you think the evening was worth at the end of the night. So pretty much bottomless wine. And then you just like donate at the end. Five so I was like, let's wow. go there and break the ice and have like a really fun time and get to know each other. Mm-hmm. And then the evening is arriving and he decides he wants to go sit in the park because it's a nice day. It's a nice day. You take it for that. <laughs> it was a nice day. And I was like, <laughs> no, I was like, let's get some beers. Let's go sit in the park, like the big yeah. park in Berlin where everyone goes. Yeah. And I was like, let's go have a chill time. And then we did. And then we did. But as, so I was going to meet with him like at the front of the park. And yeah. he was already there. I think you had gotten there like five seconds earlier than me. I was like walking up and I was going to turn around because I was so nervous Which at the time. Which is something I didn't find out till a year Yeah, like I told that. you like a year what? ago. No. Yeah, that I was just going to turn around. I was like so nervous. I was like, I can't do this. He's so hot. He's so like, he's so British. So, <laughs> so British. I was like infatuated at the time. And yeah. Now not so much by the time. <laughs> um, and then, but then I kept going because I was like, fuck this. Yeah. And Pat and I need to go. And then we met up and then we talked for about six hours. It was one of those dates where it's just like, you're just talking and talking and talking and you just keep talking. Mm -hmm. And um, then at the end of it, so it was like darkness by the end of it. Like we met at like (laughs) three or four and then it gets dark at like nine or 10 in Berlin. Mm -hmm. So we literally sat there for the whole time. Um, Decided that we were done. Um, And then he told me that they had this like great fried chicken place. He was like, this is when we weren't vegan. We were walking past past this, we were walking past this chicken shop (laughs) (laughs) and uh, um, on our way home. And yeah, I was going to walk into the station and we walked past the chicken shop and I was like, that, FYI, just for future reference, that is the best chicken shop that I've ever been to in my entire life. And he was like, I'm Southern, like I will be the judge of that. And it was 10 o'clock at night on a Monday and he was like, let's go. And I was like, no, it's 10 o'clock on a Monday night. Like I'm not going to eat that much chicken. Although you were going to go to a bottom of some wine bar on a Monday night, so... Different. (laughs) That's different. You get different feelings. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we went. And then he bought me chicken. And I was like, the the deal has been sealed. No, you said if you buy me chicken, I will propose to you. Or we will be engaged. Um, Um, Chicken. Of course you did. You chicken. Yeah. Now chicken. now it would be vegan chicken, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah, seitan. <laughs> Seal it with seitan is what and they then, say. Oh wait, the story wait, hang on. And then okay, okay. so then we eat eat the chicken and then we walk to the station. I live close to the station, so I walked him to the station. He was about to get on the train platform, whatever. And then we stood underneath this really flickering, horrible fluorescent light of the platform. So bad. We're saying our goodbyes, being really sheepish and coy, even though we've just spent like seven hours together yeah. and eating chicken. And uh, then he gives me a kiss underneath mm. this flickering light. And I'm so weird. My first reaction was to say, hmm, chicken breath. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is the best that was ever. It, that was it. That was it. That was and the then night. we saw each other every single day at least once for yeah. the foot for a month. Yeah. I love that. And there was one day when he was going to go to work and we weren't going to see each other. And he came by my apartment just to see me Ugh. and just to give me a kiss. And I was like, that was our only time we saw each other that day. Because I was like, I was like we have to keep the street going. And I was like, <laughs> I like cycled past and I was like, come outside. And I gave him a kiss and I was like, okay, see you, bye. And I had to, oh, have to leave. It's like, it's a rush. So cute. I love, I love this story. Oh, it almost sounds like your experiences growing up, both of you and your parallel each other in a really weird way and really brought you to this like beautiful moment where you can both be in Berlin. It's like you both heard the calls, you were brought to this place. And I really do believe when, you know, you meet your, your soulmate, your twin flame, you know, whatever you want to call it, the, the cosmic partner that you choose to do life with. It's like, that can be a moment when you're both fully expanded in, in your own selves and in your own life where you can just like elevate each other and expand on this journey. And I think that's like the beauty of your relationship mm-hmm. because you help each other out. You work with each other. Now you came to Toronto, you've cultivated this amazing community and it's by being with each other. It's part, yeah. it's part of being in love and like you get to experience this amazing successful life together and also 
like show and be an example to others of what it really means to cultivate a relationship and be in love, you know, fully mm-hmm. in a real way. Yeah. Um, so what is the catalyst that brought you to Toronto? Cause I think that's where a lot of, especially, uh, Matt with all of your, like, you know, your Instagram, um, in what, what are we going to call it? What do we call Influencing, it? Say influence. What do we call it? Okay. Influencing, creating, talking, yes. storytelling. Whatever. Storytelling. <laughs> You're an artist yeah. on in an online platform. Yes. Um, that's where it really expanded. Yeah. And yeah. like it's it feels like to me seeing both of your journeys and like meeting you through Omar because Backstory. <laughs> Me and Omar met uh, at this little uh, hotel called the Drake. <laughs> Just a little small place called the Drake in Toronto. Um, we connected immediately. We actually started at the same time. Exactly. We had same day. this uh, like. Exactly. I, I was going to call it an initiation, but it, I mean, yeah, it was pretty much an initiation. We yeah. came in on the same day to have our like induction day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it started at the same time. Yeah, and then we just bonded over yeah. everything cosmic yeah. and amazing. And we're both Gemini, so we're yeah. obsessed with each other. Yeah. And we're just, <laughs> just like fighting for who's going to talk first. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I want to hear about that transition into Toronto and how you built that community because I think you guys have, in a beautiful, fully authentic way, cultivated this un- unreal community that affects so many people, that inspires so many people, and I want to hear. And for others too, like that success story, like how you, how you manifested that essentially. Oh my God, you're describing us. like makes me feel so emotions. <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God. Um, so how we came to Toronto. So actually Omar had decided before he met me that he wanted to move to Toronto or you had friends here and you were like, this is kind of where I, I want like to move. a friend here yeah. who like told me it was cool. So I was like, yeah, at the time I had like mentally pieced out of Berlin. People were like, it was getting to a point in my life in that country where I was like, I can't progress mm. without learning the language and I don't want to learn the language. I can't progress because the things I want to do, I can't do here. Um, I'd lived in Australia, so I'd use that Commonwealth visa. And for me being in, from the UK, I was like, it's easy enough for me to apply for a visa here. Mm-hmm. So that's where I, my mindset was. And then I met him and we both kind of had the same kind of, thoughts that we didn't like I couldn't I could personally like trying to do the whole blogging creating whatever you want to call it influencing thing in Germany you had to know German you had to have a German following and I was like I don't connect with this culture I don't connect with the language I don't connect with anything here really um, in order to progress in this path that I want to go down um, so then when I met him he was like Toronto and I was like cool I can get a visa to Toronto Toronto like I'm from the US it's close enough to the states yeah can go back to visit family can visit the states haven't been to Canada um, I also had some friends here who said it was great, a great city. And then, so we popped over, we applied for our visas in like October of 2017, got the visas in like January, February of 2018, popped over in March and then, uh, like got our first apartment together and then started kind of building this community. And I kind of, I brought like, I, when I moved from Berlin, I had about 30, 40,000 followers, you know, I was kind of like growing my blog and my Instagram and everything. And then I moved here and things just exploded because mm. of the the sheer opportunity that comes from living in an English-speaking country that has all these brands that want to work with you and all these other creators. Like, I didn't really have any other creator friends or, like, artist friends in Berlin. I barely had any friends just because of the, the like, being a creator and, like, being an artist, like, you, it's hard to interact with other people, especially if you're just, like, freelance writing or, like, writing on your blog. It's, like, where do you connect with people in a country that you don't even speak the language? Mm. And I'm, like, can't do that. I'm a Virgo, so I don't get out of my comfort zone, you know, like that as easily. Um, But coming here, it was so much easier for me to connect with other people. And I started with our agency that we're both now with, Platform Media. Um, They started getting me brand deals and, like, kind of connecting me with other people. Um, And it was kind of just like a snowball effect where the snowball, like, started rolling as soon as I moved to Berlin. But then as soon as I moved to Toronto... There was like a big cliff, honey, and I just like, <laughs> fell off. Yes. And the, the snowball just like keeps on going. And I'm <laughs> it's like, amazing. Here we are. And it's been, it's been incredible to see it kind of expand. And sometimes it's hard to see it as you're going, like as you're in yeah. it. But mm-hmm. then once you look back into the journey that we've been in, and then now one and a half, one and a half years that we've been here, it's like you look back and it's like yeah. stark differences between the two. And so what do you think the, the magic of what you do? really is and um it just seems like 
and looking at your online presence and also being in your real presence, yes. like being here, <laughs> you have uh, such a beautiful spirit and a just this amazing way of connecting with others and really making them feel seen and heard and sharing your stories in such a beautiful way. Like, is yeah. that the, um, is that the motivation? Is that kind of like what you think propels you, f- you know, for creating, like, what is it that like really drives you and what yeah. you think is it attributed to all of your success? That's it. Podcast ended. You just answered my question. <laughs> <laughs> no, so as, as I mentioned before, like I found like once I, when I was growing up, I saw a lot of YouTubers and Instagrammers yeah. sharing their stories about being part of the community, being gay, growing up in a small town. And that was one of my catalysts to being mm-hmm. able to come out and to be able to be confident with my sexuality and my identity. So once I was kind of sharing my Instagram and kind of sharing my own thoughts and stories online, then that's kind of where that inspiration came from. So I see, I talk to a lot of people on Instagram all the time. Like a lot of my followers, they're from small towns. They're from Mm -hmm. small town, Mississippi. They're from small town, Bangladesh. Like they're from all these places where they can't see anything in their immediate surroundings that they can relate to, but they look online and they see me and Omar living our lives and living our truths and sharing our stories and just like hanging out with Evie, like on our stories and these like simple actions that we see as inconsequential are majorly consequential to someone who just doesn't have anything. They don't have people who they can talk to about their sexuality. They can only DM someone who they've never met and probably most likely will never meet us in person if they're on the other side of the world. But they can send a short DM and be like, I'm struggling with my sexuality. I don't have anyone to talk to, but can I talk to you about this? And I'm like, yes, I will talk to you. I'll share my story. We'll have a conversation. And so that's my... Even if it's just one person, even if it's just one person, I've changed something about their lives and made them think about something different. That's my goal. <laughs> and that's like all I, that, it, that's, that's the end of my story. If I'm like good with that, great. So it's, it, I want to touch as many people as possible in that way yeah. and give them some kind of hope and like inspiration. And it comes from like such a real place and yeah. such a genuine, yeah, such a genuine, authentic place that 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 is felt, you know what I mean? Regardless of like using an app or, you know, being on a blog or anything like that, like that vibration, that intention Mm -hmm. is felt. And because you go into everything with such a beautiful intention, both of you, you know, your combination together. And that's the the whole thing too, of like, you guys are lifting each other up. You're Mm -hmm. such beautiful examples for other people and, you know, <laughs> is the That's wine crying. getting to all of us? But it's so, it's so powerful and it, it really does come back to the intention and story and the connection. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're all here to do mm-hmm. is to share our authentic truths, let that be seen. And, um, and it's magnified because you guys are together. Mm-hmm. It's such a beautiful thing. You guys can share this journey together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we've seen it's the journey amazing. in each other, I think, as we've been together yeah, for, like, even two years is a short time, like, in yeah. relationship standards. But I think we've seen each other grow yeah. in different ways and, like, and and um, change in yeah. other ways. Mm-hmm. And then I think, like, together we've just, like, I don't know, it's like a, I don't know what you call it, like, symbiotic relationship where you, like, yeah. evolve together and you, like, help each other where we can and, like, Oh, I, I think know. the way that I saw it when we first like got together, like a lot of my strengths might have been your weaknesses, uh, yes, mm. and, so and vice versa. Yeah. But I remember when we would go to like social events with friends, you were really, really shy, and just to see how like you've opened up so much more of yourself to people, like face to face, and and just just so much so much confidence in you that was there but is more like you now. It's just so you. And it's great to see that, like, evolution. And, I mean, same with me. Like, I was, like, going from, like, job to job and not really knowing what I wanted to do. And it wasn't until I met him when I realized, like, I could do more and I could be more and I could... Because he was doing it. He was doing his thing and he was successful and we moved here and there was, like, a problem with, like, my flights, and so I couldn't board, and I ended up, like, spending so much money on, like, a second flight to get to Canada. So I, that's why I was at the Drake, but I still honestly feel like that was one of the best places I could have landed when I first got here, Mm -hmm. because it introduced me to so many amazing people, so many creative people who Mm -hmm. then inspired me to be on my journey now, 
So I never thought I'd be able to be self-employed at this age, like ever. I thought it was something that people did when they were like 50. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. And where do you think that um, confidence and that like will to, to go, you know, create this career on your own came from like where it's like a, it's a terrifying thing I'm in it right now and um it was it seeing Matt kind of started initially and then just be each other's like cheerleaders I guess you would I say I think so yeah I think because honestly it I mean it sounds pretty terrible to say but I don't think I would have been able to do it as early on as I've done it without Matt mm-hmm. and I think and I think that would have been a waste of like skill and like creativity and Mm -hmm. I see how I work now and I see like my clients and I see the work that I produce and I see just generally like what I'm capable of and it's my mind now that can do this and Mm -hmm. I feel like if I hadn't have taken it was going from the Drake and then to another shitty job and then Mm -hmm. I was at the shitty job and I was like what the fuck am I doing yeah we can swear on this yeah okay (laughs) I was like what the actual fuck am I doing I'm working for this absolute shithole of a company and yeah okay so then <laughs> and then I was like I'm gonna quit I'm just gonna this is my time and it was November the end of November last mm-hmm. year and I was like this is my time and then I just did it and then December things were just like, successful because it's December and Christmas and everyone's like drunk all the time and it wants to give you your money their money and then January rolled around and I was like I have no work mm. and then slowly started to pick up but only due to the fact I was like learning from him, learning how to invoice, learning how to budget, learning how to write contracts, learning how to um, value my like work mm. and how much my equipment cost and all of these things that I never considered. Um, getting pieces of information from him and online and from people like you and just learning from people around me. Mm. And I just absorbed all this information. And it's only recently, like at the beginning of this summer, started to like payoff mm. there's lots of like yeah. hard work and like making graphs and financial like yeah. reports for myself and and it's a self-worth piece too knowing your value knowing how much you're worth yeah knowing what your creativity is worth and rising to that and accepting that and let, having that be okay because then that can elevate other people around you too and oh it, it all comes back to this community mm-hmm. you know once you cultivate your self-worth and you value the amount that you're worth being paid then other people start to value you more too yeah, it's so true it's so crazy yeah. they're like oh yeah of course you're worth that much you know and then it starts to create this thing where other artists too can be put into that mm-hmm. realm it's like it's really not like ugh, competition I just I, it's not a thing I agree, yeah. like unless you see it as a thing you know it's really about and that's why I think you guys are brilliant at this of helping other people and just building the community around you because that builds yourself up mm-hmm. automatically you know yeah. But I do want to pivot now um, into veganism. <laughs> I know yes. it's like a, a big pivot, but like <laughs> obviously it's a big topic for me. We started talking about this at the Drake a little bit. Um, what inspired you guys to go vegan? Um, I know it's a big part. Yeah, it's a big part of your life now, and it's like a huge part of your travels. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, we haven't even gotten to all, all your travels, too. We'll get there. Wow, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is going to be like a two hour podcast. <laughs> you tell us when we stop talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Problems, yeah. You know? um, but yeah, yeah, veganism. So, one of my New Year's resolutions this year, so we've been vegan for eight months. Eight months, yeah. Eight since, months. since January 1st, yeah. so eight yeah. months. One of my New Year's resolutions was to eat more sustainably. So I was kind of, last year I wasn't really into sustainability or like climate change. I mean, I kind of always thought about it, um, mm-hmm. but I, it wasn't really part of my core, part of who I want, who I wanted to be. Um, so my New Year's resolution was to eat more sustainable. That meant meat, that meant eggs, that meant, that meant like buying, you know, from locally, local farmers, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then one of my friends in Madrid, um, they're also creators in Madrid, him and his partner, they told me to watch this documentary, What the Health, and they kept telling me, watch What the Health, watch this movie, watch this documentary, you have to watch it, it'll change your life. And I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> so we were hungover on New Year's Day, um, we probably had like burgers the night before, we had eggs in the morning, like we had our life, and I was like, I want to watch this documentary. And 
our our relationship is built on fried chicken. So <laughs> fried chicken is yes, like the chicken. essence of who we were. So I told yeah. him I want to watch this documentary all about veganism. He's like, no, 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 this ain't happening. No, no, no. And then somehow I got it on. Somehow I put it on and I got him to sit down on the couch for five seconds to watch it. Um, he's, he moved away like halfway through. He was like, I gotta go to the bathroom. He's At like, this time we lived in a studio apartment. So like, I was like, I need to <laughs> escape this like dark room where you're watching this garbage. So I locked myself in the bathroom for like maybe half an hour. Okay. And then I was like, I don't want to sit in this bathroom anymore. So I came outside <laughs> and then started and then watching started this watching. documentary. And then we decided to give it a go. That's pretty much it. We yeah. we finished documentary, and there was like a part about like some. There was a part about like this this um, rural community in um, uh, Georgia, I think, mm-hmm. and they had um, there was like this pig farm, and the pig farm had like so much waste coming out and like destroying this community. People couldn't go outside, they couldn't go to church, and it was like this marginalized like minority community, um, and that's what kind of got him hit him in the heart, and we decided to kind of like. Just go all in, all in, like give up the eggs, throw out the eggs, throw out the chicken, throw out the mayonnaise, like, you know, just try it out. And we decided to do like a two week trial period. And that two week trial period turned into like a month and then six months and then eight months. And then we've kind of like learned and developed as we go along, going back to community. Like we, we learned from you, we learned from YouTubers, we learned from articles on Google um, and then we eventually like got to a place where we're comfortable in what we're eating. We know our protein sources. We know like how to kind of survive because we both are really into fitness as well. So we had to figure that out. Yeah. Um, and we got, we love it now. <laughs> like I think after the two weeks we kind of felt so good and we felt so mm-hmm. like fresh and new and not weighed down. Yeah. And, then, um, and being, um, really into health and fitness especially the fitness because I see you guys working out every single day <laughs> and I don't know how you do it because I don't do it, but it's amazing. Um, there's a common misconception that, you know, when you're vegan, you can't be as strong. You, where is your protein coming from? All that kind of stuff. But it's not true. Yeah. Because if you think about it, think about it logically. Where does the cow get their protein? Exactly. How does a cow get big? They eat grass. Mm-hmm. They don't eat meat. Cows are vegetarian. They don't eat meat. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you take out the middleman, a.k.a. the cow go directly to the source, you're getting the best and most complete proteins that you can get. Yeah. Not grass, but like, you know, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, um, sure. So a lot of vegan bodybuilders, or not even vegan, a lot of bodybuilders generally will eat vegan protein. They'll go pea protein because it is the most complete protein that you can get. Wow. Because if you get whey protein, it's mm-hmm. not as good. It's not It's not absorbed into your body as naturally as a yeah. plant-based protein. So it's just not true. It's like the falsities of the meat and dairy industry yeah. trying to come for us. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you can do it. And there's also something that you said to me at the end of last year I did. that stuck in my mind whilst I was going through this like vegan journey. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this. But when I started feeling good after that first two weeks, yeah. something that you said to me, and maybe it's something that you heard from somewhere else, but you said to me that food is medicine. Yeah. And I, that echoed in my mind so much after that first two weeks because I was, I thought about what that phrase meant for so mm-hmm. long. And when I felt healthy, when I felt mentally stimulated after a meal and not weighed down, when I felt like active and not lethargic or, and you know, I felt so, I just felt good. I felt great. I realized why the things that we consume is medicine it's Mm -hmm. it helps us in so many ways and so I think you are like the main reason I carried on (laughs) the way that I did that makes me so happy you're so knowledgeable (laughs) just by that just by honestly just by that that phrase and it's true I mean food holds vibration Mm -hmm. you know for everything holds vibration Mm -hmm. so think about like animals going through really being tortured the majority of the time the animals that we are consuming them the most of are having this awful life being tortured that gets into the cells of their bodies we're eating that vibration but it's scientific as well because of stress hormones if you if you consume meat from like freshco if i go to freshco and i pick up some beef that, that that cow had so much stress in its body as it was living, living, quote unquote, as it was going through life, that that beef is now less quality, number one, less quality, not as great. And all of that negative energy is still there in that beef. So you're putting that in your body and that's just going into your life. And it's, it's, it's scientifically backed that it's not yeah. great for you. <laughs> it's so true. Uh, 
food, food. is medicine. Food is, is. I love that. <laughs> um, but we are going to get into some of your travels now. Right. Uh, yes. Um, before we get into <laughs> before we get into your travels um, uh, and have some other fun questions, we're going to get into it. We're slowly we're slowly coming to the end with my cosmic pings. But um, you just shared this like really beautiful metaphor because we were just talking about the concept of growth is not linear, mm-hmm. you know, because we're sharing all these stories and seeing how you've come to just this point, yeah. but it's still an evolution. So, yeah, what is this metaphor that you just saw? Um, I can't remember the word I said now. Um, Desiree. Yeah, yeah so okay. um, our friend Desiree posted this thing on Instagram about two plants next to each other, and one had bloomed and one hadn't bloomed, and the one that had bloomed was complimenting the one that hadn't bloomed, and the one that hadn't bloomed was saying, oh, but like, you've bloomed and haven't yet. And then the plant that had bloomed said, but sweetie, it's not your time yet. Mm. And... I love how this, like, okay, so I'm, I'm just getting a bit crazy now about how plants are so similar to, like, human beings in the sense that each human connected. being, yeah, each human being needs its own individual time to grow, its own individual, like, a plant might need a certain amount of light, a certain amount of water, a specific human being might also need a certain amount of, like, something in comparison or in contrast to someone else to grow. And thrive. Mm-hmm. And so... You need more yeah. social time. I need more alone time. Yeah. yeah. I thrive mm-hmm. when I'm alone. You thrive when you're around other people. Yeah. I find this really important to us two working together. For me, I need... I crave more social interaction. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I don't get it because I'm working constantly. Like, I, I remember like misconception of like starting freelancing I was like I'm gonna have all the free time in the world and it's just not the case at all um and so but for him he's like happy to like work and then we hang out and then he'll hang out with a friend or two or like we'll you know go to the gym and hang out and with people and I like need more people I have like a community I'm the Gemini I just like need like thousands of people around. You need to be talking like, all yeah, the time. You need to be talking all the time. Yes. To I know this. To Hence me. why I started yeah. a podcast because yeah. like <laughs> then I get to talk all the yeah, yeah. time. Um, yeah. So it's just like about like learning the different ways that we grow and thrive mm. and allowing the other to be able to do so in their own way. And um, have you guys do- dived into love languages and how each we of you... We did when we first yeah. met that, that, probably changed. Which has definitely changed. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, you, I don't even remember that. Mine yeah. at, at the again. time yeah. was, um, like my top one was uh, um, acts of service. Okay, yeah. If someone's going to go out of their way to do something for yeah, me yeah. to make my life a little bit easier, that's so kind. I think sometimes I still, like, get a little bit, like, annoyed if there's, like, a thing here that's not been moved, but... Yeah. What was yours? Physical touch? Physical touch to an extent, but then now I'm, like, go away. Yeah. <laughs> as, as, you guys, as you guys start to we'll touch. We'll have to redo it. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. To do this. Yeah, 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 to do this. Um, this is totally, like... I mean, we've, we've, we've gone into, you know, our astrologies and all that kind of stuff, and it sounds like you guys know that so much. Um, and you... And I think... I mean, both of you are really into the spiritual world now, and it's really, you know, affected your journey mm. in a profound way. Yeah, so, and yeah, <laughs> um, how do you manifest? <laughs> in what way? Um, okay, so example: I have walked into this apartment. It yeah. looks like I am in this beautiful cabin in Joshua Tree right yeah. now with the most gorgeous decor. I'm I, su- I swear like I can't wait for people to see this. Like we need to oh, p- yeah. post photos. <laughs> it's so stunning in here, and it's it, that's manifesting. Yeah, you know. So how do you guys manifest? What are your practices? What is what are the things that you have to do every single day to keep you high vibrational, to keep you aligned, to keep you like in those spirits where you're calling in these beautiful partnerships, where you're calling in things where you can, you know, decorate this amazing yeah. place, things like I that. I think a couple of years ago, I used to just think this is what I'm going to do and I'm not going to stop until I do it. And I'm not mm. going to stop until I get there. But now we went, so we went away um, in February when we were in Mexico. I, this is going to sound really like weird, okay, but I was no, having okay. a conversation with the moon 
Yeah. I was in bed. Okay, nothing is weird on this podcast, no, no, okay? No, no, no. We, I mean, you heard my first episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? At we talk, I love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we talk about crazy shit. Um, so we were in Tulum, and we were staying in this, like, really small Airbnb, and the window from where I was sleeping was facing the, the moon, and I've always had a really strong connection with the moon. I have the moon tattooed on me. Mm-hmm. I... My mum was obsessed with the moon when we were growing up, which made me obsessed with the moon growing up. Mm-hmm. And I've always just found that my emotions really align with, like, it and... Like it's, the moon faces. Yeah, yeah, always. I, like, yeah. always know. I always, like, find out. I always know what phase the moon's in because I just know how I'm going to feel. Yeah. And so that day I saw them... I was staring at the moon and it was, like, a conversation. And it was... It wasn't, like, a back and forth. It was just more of, like, an the moon was like giving me this information that I kind of already knew that I had. And at the time we were like ending this big trip and I was going, going to come back here. And then I was like, I have no idea how I'm supposed to like start, continue my freelance career and be successful. I don't know what to do in the morning. I don't know what to, I don't know what to do. Like what's my routine. I'm so used to like waking up in the morning, going to work and then doing the thing and then coming home and whatever. I was like, I don't have a routine in the morning, so I can't be productive in the day. Like, I don't know what to do. So the moon told me to meditate, first of all, mm-hmm. more. Because mm-hmm. I used to when I lived in Berlin, and I just stopped. Just, I don't know why. And to get into tarot. And so we came home, and Matt bought me my first ever tarot deck. And mm. I started, like, learning and doing research into, like, the the interpretations and... Now every single morning I'll wake up in the morning, I'll try and meditate and I'll do a tarot reading and then whatever I'm feeling, it's it's always mirrored. Mm. And so that's the kind of energy that I try and like go into my day with. Um, and in terms of like this apartment or like clients or a specific thing that I really want, I just, I feel like I know like what my, what my worth is and if it isn't going to come to me now it's not the right time I think I've had enough failures in the last like couple of years to know that if something doesn't go as planned it's for my higher good yeah I always say it's not a denial it's a delay Oh, yeah. <laughs> you have so many little things. <laughs> oh so many cosmic pings. So many cosmic pings. Oh, oh my god. gosh. Let's get let's get into the cosmic pings. Oh okay, okay, this okay, is okay, a little okay. rapid fire. It's not really rapid fire. You guys can like elaborate. Um, but these are like uh, little things that when you hear this sentence, complete it and we'll get both of your cosmic pings, but whatever you feel initially. So first <laughs> cosmic ping. Okay, so if you had a cosmic bumper sticker on your car, what would it say? <laughs> trust, trust, trust the universe, trust, trust whatever's happening. That, that was my ping. That was it. Yeah. Um, should I right now or should we? Yeah. yeah okay. Because yeah, yeah. um, a lot of times I think I have a hard time a Virgo or a sign. Very much in touch Grounded. with physical yeah. realities. I like what I see. I don't like what I don't see. What I don't see is not real. That's like my like go-to instinct. Um, so it's hard for me to trust that things are going the way they should if I can't see them going that way. So that's a lot of the a lot of the times I have to remind myself thinking about like manifesting. I have to remind myself that the universe has my back and that things are going my way. There was a book I read. Uh, you're a badass. Wait, um, you're a badass. You're a badass by yeah. Jensen Zero. Oh yeah, obsessed. Incredible book. Obsessed with her. So relatable. So that's where I started thinking about the universe that's that yeah. that was like my first instinct like just reading her book um and that that was it that was that, 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 was that. trust the universe yeah, i love that and do you know the yoga pose savasana no. which is just being still it's like laying still and it's um reflected on the four of swords um in tarot and it's the act of resting and meditating and reflecting so that you are able to appear fully in, like, everything that you do. And I feel like I've gotten so lost over the last couple of months or so in, like, working, 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 and not, like, taking time out for myself or going to, like, the lake or going to, like, going for a walk in nature that I sometimes get really stressed or, like, overworked and, you know, anxious. And that itself for me is such a huge cure for that like Mm -hmm. those problems Mm -hmm. to like rest to reflect 
and that yoga meditation it's just I love that. I love your bumper stickers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so the moon represents. Oh my god, I don't know. Um, Ooh, that's weird because I don't have a as much of a connection to the moon as I do with the sun. Okay. So I don't know. The moon doesn't really represent (gasps) much to me. Interesting. Yeah. I never thought about it that way. The moon. I don't really have. Yes. That's okay. That's okay. Because the moon's just there for me. She doesn't she doesn't have a meaning to me. She's just mm-hmm. living her life. But the sun has the meaning of like light and happiness and just like everything. Just like because I'm a morning person as well. Yeah. I like wake up when the sun comes up, six AM I'm like up. Because the sun is like wakefulness. It's like time to be alive. I mean this is perfect because you're the sun and you are the moon, so. Omar. <laughs> It's so gross. Yeah, it's so true. So the the moon represents cleansing. Have you ever like you? I mean, you've stood on a beach and there's just the moon and there's just you, and you feel like you're being washed, Mm -hmm. and it's the most beautiful feeling. Yeah, I can sit and stare at the moon for hours and feel brand new again. Yeah, feels infinite for me. You know, it feels like, oh, wow, there's something super cosmic that it's part of this infinite universe that there's just so much more there. You know, the thing is we went to Tulum the same time we had a conversation with the moon. We went outside to the beach at like midnight. The moon was like so bright and so impactful. And he was like staring at it like so intensely, like having this like session. And (laughs) I felt nothing. I was like, I see the moon. It looks great and bright. But I'm going to go to bed now because the sun's going to come up. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like my whole thing. I just love, I mean, that perfectly represents yeah, both of so you guys. Yeah, it's so it's amazing. Um, your favorite vegan meal? Oh my God. Um, if I'm being healthy, it's going to be like a bowl, like a Buddha bowl. Mm-hmm. If I'm being unhealthy, it's going to be a pizza. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. I cannot believe you did not say buffalo cauliflower. <laughs> I say buffalo cauliflower. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing, amazing. Um, a place you long to see? Um, like anywhere in Southeast Asia. That's just what, like a big yeah. Asia trip is where I want to go. Yeah. Oh, so good. And Omar? I've always wanted to go to Rio. Oh. And I've okay. never been. Huh. I've always planned to, the plans fell through. But Rio, I've always wanted to go there. Amazing. Um, your favorite place that you traveled to? So far. Uh, ooh. Um, probably Mexico City, I would have to say. And we didn't spend enough time there. It's just the most magical city. It's so colorful. People are amazing. Vegan food is great. It's just a great place. I've never been to Mexico. Isn't that crazy? Go. Go. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would say, I mean, this year in Mexico City, too. Yeah. But I, I couldn't tell you all-time favorite. Mm. Um, city, country... Indonesia was fantastic. Living in Bali was great, but living in like Ubud, in like mm. where there's nothing around you but rice fields and like nature and everything smelled so natural. And the moon is just so bright oh over there. God. <laughs> the moon. Because my sunsets are my favorite uh. because the day is about to end and the moon's about to come and say hello. <laughs> Yes. Um, okay, the last cosmic ping. Love is. Love is. Ooh. Ah, she's not pinging. Um, I want to say trust again, just because yeah. trust is on my mind. Um, love is oh, trusting that the other person has your back, trusting that you're going to evolve together, trusting that the universe has brought this together. Love is also trusting, you know, friends and family and not just like a significant other, but anyone around you. Yeah. I love that. Love is. Patience. Mm. I feel like growing up, you long to be in like a loving relationship. And me, when I was growing up, uh, I came out at a young age and I was like longing for like a significant other. And it's just something everyone had around me and I didn't have. And I was pretty patient and here here he is. (laughs) We have an amazing life together. But then even day to day, having the patience with each other, learning about each other and learning about our differences and learning about our similarities and, mm-hmm. and then being patient when the other person might not understand where you're coming from. And 
it's still something we're working on, yeah, as yeah. everyone is, but yeah, it's just taking the time and like taking the time, being patient, yeah. Oh, love um, is being here with you guys. Oh, I love you. <laughs> this is amazing. You guys have to come back. You guys have to come back. We, uh, have, we still need to talk about more stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, Thank you so much. Thank this you. is Thank you. such a beautiful conversation. I'm, uh, I'm just so happy. Like I'm gonna leave here high vibing. So yeah, thank so you. Cool. And I'm gonna go stare at that moon. <laughs> and I'm just gonna be thinking of you. Um, yeah, but thank you and thank you for listening. Um, and I hope you have a beautiful, beautiful day or night or wherever you are listening. Thank you guys. <laughs>